Okay, so we're recording. Um, we're getting together to talk about foot care for endurance athletes and proper shoe selection. And our special guest is Dr. Legina Mitchell-Smith. Um, and as I was telling Bruce earlier, uh, my connection to uh, Dr. Smith is not only is she my podiatrist and helped me through several foot injuries, she is my second cousin on my mama's side. So <laughs> that's how um, I know Legina. She's a, an excellent physician. Um, she does not do surgery, but I can attest to the fact that she does do long needles. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess um, we can get started. She's going to talk about, I wanted to talk about um, common foot injuries, how we can prevent them, um, what we do to get rid of them. And then um, I have a couple of people who are sponsored by different shoe companies talk about their shoes. Um, I really just want to be in an, an open conversation like, we're sitting in the living room together. Sounds All right. good. All right. So, Dr. Smith, take us off. Okay. Um, so, this is my first time ever doing something like this. So I apologize if I kind of go all over the place. Um, uh, Khadijah always has me doing something crazy so <laughs> and something new. Um, but just a little bit about, my, about myself. Um, I'm originally from South Carolina. I went to Spelman College for my undergrad, and I went to uh, Temple mm -hmm. University um, in uh, Philadelphia for my podiatry school and Albert Einstein for my residency. Then I realized I'm not a Yankee. I do not like the uh, cold weather. I don't like snow, so I decided to move back to Atlanta. Um, I used to do surgery, and then I decided, no, I don't like surgery either. So um, I decided to do non-surgical treatment of um, anything dealing with the foot and ankle. Um, so, so as far as dealing with the, with the runners and things like that, um, I do general podiatry, so I deal with runners, non-runners alike, um, and pretty much everything is very similar. Um, so I see a little bit of everything in the office, so I do sports medicine, non-sports medicine, diabetics, um, just anything dealing with the foot and ankle pretty much. Um, when it comes, when Kelly, excuse me, Khadijah, when, I'm sorry, I go back to the, <laughs> to the other names, so I apologize. Um, when she came, no, only my mom gets away with that now. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, when she came to me and asked what I talk about, you know, shoes and foot injuries, I said, you know, I'm really uncomfortable with talking about shoes because there's so many shoes out there that you guys as, as athletes use, and I am very unfamiliar with everything. And um, so, and uh, it's very, very person specific. Everyone likes what they like. And so, and I am not a triathlete, and I'm 100% honest with that. I hate running, but, <laughs> but I do know the effects of running and things like that. So I see the after effects. So what I will say when it comes to shoes, it is really patient specific. So whether that's a New Balance or the Hoka's or the Brooks or things like that, it is whatever suits you. Now, what you can do is you can come to me with those shoes and we can discuss the shoes and what is good, bad, anything like that. And that's usually the better thing to do. Um, I will say, and you guys probably already know this, is right before a race, do not wear a new shoe. If you've never worn that shoe, do not decide that day, I'm going to wear this shoe. 
guaranteed you there's going to be blisters there's going to be something you and you will not be able to probably finish the race or or, or anything like that so that i will say um so are you saying shoe type or you have a type of shoe that you always wear and you just picked up a brand new one Brand new, period. Brand new, anything. Whether it's a whether it's a, sh a shoe brand you've always used, okay. or a new, different, anything new. Because just okay, then this is why I always tell patients. Just like an old pair of underwear, you know, it feels good, it's nice and stretchy. So it's getting <laughs> on you, it's comfortable. You put on a new pair of underwear, it feels a little tight. So that's <laughs> a little bit different when it's new, and your body is not accustomed to that new shoe, no matter what it is. So on your so on that day of a race. That is not the time to say, I'm going to put on a brand new shoe. So you want to put on a shoe that you've been possibly training with, um, something that you've been comfortable with, so there's going to be no surprises on the day of. Because that's not the day that you want to try something new. And I'm assuming that, I'm, I'm just going to assume that you guys probably know that, maybe, don't know, not sure, um, as far as that is concerned. I've, um, I've done that, because I've worn the same brand for three years. I've literally picked up, I'm like, oh, this shoe matches my kit. I'm going to wear those, and I haven't worn them before. I haven't had a problem, but I, I just get your point. Yeah, and then some people say, well, um, well, what about this shoe? What about that shoe? Now, if you have no foot issues, mm -hmm. then you can do whatever you want to do. There's really no recommendation because, you know, it's whatever suits you. So, I mean, I have patients that say, well, I just want a foot exam. And I might say, they, okay, you have bunions, you have hammer toes, you have a high arch, a flat foot, or something like that. And all of a sudden, they get all freaked out. But well, what kind of shoe do I need? I'm like, it's okay. Everybody is actually it's normal to be abnormal. So if you don't have any issues and there's no problem, continue to do what you've been doing. Because I don't want to create anything that you, you know never had a problem with. So if you don't have any problems, continue to wear whatever shoes you've been wearing. And that would, you know, that you know, I will say when it comes to that. Um, let's see. I know some people have asked me before about shoes about the, um, I don't know if anybody runs in those shoes where, um, you kind of just slip your toes in and it's like the skin. I, I cannot personally stand those kind of shoes as far as running. But again, if you're used to that kind of running and you like that barefoot running feel and you've had no issues and you like the calluses on your feet, enjoy. You know, go, but if you're having issues with the high arch and calluses and, um, uh, bleeding up underneath the balls of your feet or issues, then it might need to change. That may not be a shoe for you. I always tell people calluses are there for a reason. Calluses are not normal. Corns are not normal. So if you're seeing something like that, your body is telling you something is not right. And that is your body's protective mechanism. So if you're seeing that, that you know, we have to then determine where is it coming from. Is it coming from an outside force? Like, is a shoe too tight? Or is it coming from a shearing force? Um, like some people double up on socks, for example. Um, and because they're trying to accommodate if the shoe's too big or whatever, uh, if you double up on socks, that can create friction, blisters, um, foot type issues. Again, we're going back to uh, flat feet, high arc, hammer toes, things like that can also cause calluses. Um, and so in that case, we need to then accommodate what type of shoe you're wearing or even insert. That's another hot topic. Do you wear inserts? Do you not wear inserts? Do they need to be custom? You know, where you're paying $400 a pair for the shoe? 
or do you need to go to like some of those um running stores and you walk on there and get you know get those those can range anywhere from like 60 to 100 200 so it really is a personal decision when it comes to these things also so again i talk a lot so if anybody has any questions i'll kind of stop right there <laughs> oh not at all that's some um, very good information um i have I, I I have literally been running for 50 years of my life. I, I started competing at six, and I, I turned 56 this year, and I've never really had any uh, true foot problems, uh, not wood, um, which has been a blessing. And I run a lot of miles. Um, on average, I probably put in now, uh, anywhere between 190 to 250 kilometers a week. Oh, wow. Wow. So, um, so all us Americans are doing math right now. You know, convert the kilometers to miles. I have to do it on my phone. <laughs> but uh, let's let's just say it's 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 quite a bit. Um, and uh, you know, I have I have some training partners. They even put in more than that. I'm, I've I've kind of cut back. I ride. I'm preparing for my first Ironman. Um, oh. I <laughs> these just like yes, another convert. Yes. <laughs> so uh, you know, it's 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 interesting. I've I've been riding my I've. I've had some injuries, some leg injuries in the past, uh, hamstrings, um, calf, uh, calf problems. So I, I got into cycling just to reduce the amount of pounding and wear and tear on my legs because I have a lot of miles on, on my legs. So, um, but uh, as far as foot problems go, the information you just gave is, is very good. I can, I can always tell when... Uh, something isn't right with my shoes and you know um, of course new shoes you're, you're going to get a blister like you said and two because they're a little tight to you break them in after the first one or two runs uh something like that but and and but i never thought about corns and, and the callus that it may be something something else something else going on so uh, i just um i just became sponsored by also by an insole company that um that uh, this is the first, really the first time I've, I've worn any insoles other than the, what comes with the shoe um, uh, this, this past year. And it really has made a difference and I'll talk about them a little bit later, but uh, some very good information to, to uh, So do you wear socks? Are you a sock runner or non-socks? Um, I wear, because of, where I live, <laughs> um, here in the desert. Um, it, it doesn't make a difference where you run. If you're running on the street, you're running on the trail, you're gonna get some sand. And it just, um, you're gonna get a little sand in your shoe, you're gonna get some grit in your shoe. It's just, it's just par for the course. And I, I've run without socks before, um, but I just prefer that sock, it just, keeps the sand from in between the toes and, and getting that irritation. <laughs> you know, uh, you're running a half marathon and, and uh, you know, mile, uh, you know, uh, you're into it 
around mile six or seven, and then you start getting that irritation from the sand in your shoe, and it's not uh, not a pleasant. <laughs> like ten is a thing, boulder. So. Yeah. <laughs> like how did how did I pick that pebble up? You know. Is, <laughs> So, so what are the, the common foot injuries that you see from, so I know, so I've had an aroma and I've had plantar fasciitis. So an aroma was more severe than the, um, than the plantar fasciitis. The aroma literally took me out. I couldn't run for almost two months. Um, it's basically just a swollen nerve and stop me where I'm wrong, Legina. <laughs> Cause I don't want to hear about this at the family reunion. <laughs> I have a, a, it was a swollen nerve between my metatarsals and it was, it was just, it was excruciating. And it wasn't even that I couldn't run. I, I couldn't walk. I was literally limping uh, when I walked. The plantar fasciitis was, uh, that was caused by the shoes, the, the neuroma plantar fasciitis was caused by laziness. I was not stretching enough. Uh, so as I started stretching, um, there was some movement back and I'm focusing on, uh, focusing on core strength and flexibility. And as you get older, you really have to focus on those things. So there's my hip flexors, I just lose. So that's fine. Those are the two injuries I had. Um, the first time in practice, I was track all the way through grad school. I'm an older cousin, so um, very long. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I ran track all the way through grad school. That's how, partially how I paid for school. Um, took some time off, had a lot of kids, and then um, got into the endurance where someone from sprinting to running all comers track meets to doing endurance. So I, don't, I don't have a lot of miles on my legs, but I do have a lot of pounding. Um, yeah. I, I basically did the same thing. I, I started off as a sprinter. Yeah. I ran uh, 100, 200 meters, high school, college, I was 400, 300 meters, and um, then after I graduated, um, due to the injury, it, it is a lot different, you know, the training is, is so different for the sprinting versus um, preparing for, for a road race. Um, and it, it, it takes some wear and tear. It's a, it's a different feeling on the foot. Your gait changes, your stride changes uh, between sprinting and, and uh, endurance running. And now I'm have moved up and doing what you run it out about. You know, I've run a good deal there. They really have my age, like, come on, go try it. Well, you know, so, um, but it is it is different. And, you know, like I said, not that I haven't had any financialitis on occasions, but of course, like you said, these years from being a stretching. Um, and as I've got older, I've incorporated yoga, I've incorporated a lot of, lot more flexibility moves and more force recommend just to. Uh, protect my legs, protect my ankles, and keep this, um, to keep that full full range, range of motion. And it's made you know tremendous difference. So what what the body can take a while to adapt to a change in activity. And so usually, it's like, even two years, women one position in these shoes, or um, the shoes are old. It's amazing when I see some of the shoes that come in, they're very, very old. So if you're looking at the wear pattern, you feel like it's on the tire. If there's wear pattern on the bottom of the shoes completely bald, that's going to be another reason why I'm actually hate running around with the Stretching is the biggest thing that someone can do. And it's the easiest thing that someone can do without me having any type of medicine for it. I know you guys hate for me to give any type of steroids or anything like that. Um, but unfortunately, sometimes we do have to give a certain injection. If there is a spur, which is just a protrusion, protrusion on the bottom of the heel, that is not what's causing the problem. It's a plantar fascia. 
which is a venous tendon that runs from the heel that hurts all to the foot. So anywhere along is actually considered plantar fasciitis. The classic is when it's right there at the heel. Um, so if I do steroid injection, icing, anti-inflammatory, stretching, 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 sugar modification, and rest, a lot of times all that will um, get better. And even with the neuroma and the heel pain, um, when I'm dealing with athletes, it's so hard to get you guys to stop what you're doing. So I'll try to alter what you're doing. <laughs> so instead of saying, hey, stop running. Okay, well, how about this? Do more of your swimming. Do more of your biking. Still get your cardiovascular workout in. I'm taking this personal. Yeah. <laughs> and I use Khadijah all the time. As, as my, um, when I talk to my patients, I use her all the time as an example. I say, yeah, I'm her cousin. She's a athlete, and I had to treat her, and she doesn't listen either, but there's no reason to get your cardiovascular workout in, but if she can do it, I know anyone can do it. Um, so just alter your activity so you can still get your workout, get your training in, but not do the constant pounding on the heel. Um, and Achilles tendonitis would probably be number two. Um, which is the same issue of, of the pulling of the tendon on the heel bone just in the back. And again, stretching is the biggest thing. Stretching, stretching, stretching. And men have a tendency to be tighter than women. And one thing we're talking about those hip flexors, because men have a tendency to have tighter hip flexors than women. Because if you ever see a man try to sit down on, and on their, you know, and just do, you know, cross their legs and do like the butterfly, you know, just cross, they, sometimes their knees are almost always up. Because they can't put their their legs down because they have tight hips. <laughs> I, I can I cannot sit cross leg. Exactly, <laughs> very tight hips. They're just inherent tight hip flexors. So mm -hmm. um so stretching um, of the Achilles tendon and the plantar fascia is one of the biggest things you can do to help prevent some of those common injuries of the foot. Or not well, you know the injuries. Neuromas uh, are very hard uh, to treat. Not as common. Um. It would be lower on the list, um, but definitely um, metatarsalgia, which is uh, bone pain on the ball of the foot. I see that more in higher arched um, patients. And, and like he was saying, talking about he had different pain from the when he went from sprinting versus endurance. Because sprinting, you're toe-to-toe, ball-to-ball when you run. When you're doing endurance, you're then going the heel-to-toe. So you're going to have different forces. So I'm going to see more ball-to-foot stress fractures in those type of runners versus people that are doing more endurance running, for example. Um, uh, blood underneath the toenails, you know, blisters, th those uh, toe toenail pain, ingrown toenails, that's kind of across the board um, when it comes to toenails. that. Huh? What'd you say? Why do we lose toenails? It's the constant trauma. Um, now, the biggest thing I would say when I see patients, the first thing I look at is how long are the toenails? Now, if the toenails are too long, that's going to be one issue because it's going to hit the end of the shoe. That micro trauma, even though it's not hurting, that micro trauma is going to cause tiny lifts in the nail. And so after running and stuff, you're going to see that blood. You see the redness and then all of a sudden turn dark and black and then it has to grow out with the nail and then eventually the nail falls off. So that's the first thing you look at. How long are the toenails? Secondly, I look at the fit of the shoe because that's another thing. If the shoe doesn't fit right, that will also cause trauma to the nail. But usually it's the constant micro trauma that causes the nails to fall off. And then the third thing would be I look, is there any fungus? If there's fungus, that will also cause the toenails to come off because a lot of people don't realize they have fungus, especially if they have really sweaty feet and they're doing the swimming and they're not drying and all that stuff. So fungus is, is, is uh, very common in athletes.
just to be clear, I never had fungus. She's not talking about me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> HIPAA violation, HIPAA violation. I will never say. <laughs> okay. So um, I know a couple of you have had some foot injuries. Tracy is, like I said, she's my mentee. She's one of the reasons I kind of got this talk together. One, I'm looking for a new shoe. Two, I saw the picture of her toenail and I, <laughs> I kind of laughed because I told her um, when I was up to nine toenails at a time, I felt like I had a full set. <laughs> and then after talking with Gina, I realized, okay, this, this is not normal um, to lose your toenails like this. And she talked to me about just what she said, making sure my toenails were cut very short, making sure I had extra space in my toe box, even though I wear a size seven, maybe I need a seven and a half and maybe I need to wear some socks. I still don't wear socks though, I'm sorry. And, which is <laughs> that it's a little harder to wear socks because of the transition in. in exactly, every, in every second counts, yeah. counts. Yeah, every second counts. And I'm already losing a few seconds and the first transition, because I'm trying to get a hijab on. So my thought is, I got to be super quick on the second transition just to make up that time. Yeah. Back Some to people the, oh, oh, I'm sorry, I, bud. I was going to say, back to the toenail issue. I mean, you see, I mean, it's, it's so common to see runners actually brag about losing toenails. You know, that's, <laughs> that's kind of a, a badge of... Uh, of Honor. <laughs> of a runner is you know you know you're a runner when when you only have you know eight eight to eight to nine toenails at any given time you know it, that that means you you've made it you you've transitioned to be a, a true runner you know and you know I always occasionally because of uh, where I am because of the heat and uh, you know the perspiration I mean. There's, there's times when I go out for a run and, and here, and it, it's just uh, during, during the summer months, it's just extremely hot. You know, even at night, I, I switch my running from, from the middle of the day workouts to before the sun comes up or after the sun comes down, because that's, those are the two coolest times of the, of the day here, and it's still hot. But just because of the sweating and um, even wearing socks, trying to absorb some of that, that moisture, wick some of that moisture off of the foot, you still, uh, like you said, you get the micro trauma in, in, your, uh, in your shoe and you have a tendency to lose a toenail or two, you know, not all the time, but it's just, it, it happens. It's just yeah. common, brother, so. Very common. So, so Tracy, no, let's not talk about the shoe because we don't want to blame it on the shoe. <laughs> so I know you, we saw the picture of your glorious toe. Um, I was proud of that toe. <laughs> so, I mean, other than losing toenails, that's the first time you've lost a toenail? No. Okay. That's the third, third time. So, is it since you started this triathlon training, or have you lost toenails in the past? In the past, when I was training for a half marathon, I lost two of them. Okay. Okay, so have you had any other kind of foot issues? Um, not really foot issues, but I was wondering, I have had some like kind of soreness right above my ankle on the inside of my calf. Does, does, does that have anything to do with my, with my feet? 
Inside of the calf. I'm looking at my calves. I'm trying to figure. <laughs> so whenever someone's talking about leg pain. Like right here. Okay. So you still almost, almost kind of sort of shin kind of sort of. Yeah. So whenever someone has it in that area, then you look at the function of the foot. Because anything usually of the leg, we try to see what's going on with the function of the foot. And when does it happen? Does it happen after running? Does it happen like does it happen normally after running? Like after activity? No, it's it's almost it's almost always sore now. Hmm. It's not at like and it and it and it's not I can really feel it sometimes on lateral movement, but like right now I'm just sitting here, it's fine. But if I touch it, I can feel the tenderness. And when did it start? Um probably like right after I started really like training running mm. you know, running. Mm -hmm. so whenever someone has a new pain that started after a new activity uh, it's kind of like when we're dealing with the plantar fasciitis uh now in that area there is no bone that's all tendons and muscles pretty much so usually it is again your body's trying to accommodate for something that's new um so in that area based on a lot of times, okay, is it the foot type that's irritating it? Do we need to see what kind of shoes you're wearing, put your foot in a better position? Um, if that doesn't work, then a lot of times anti-inflammatories, ice, you know, massage therapy, even sometimes compression sleeves um, to see if that helps it out. Um, but a lot of times it's more or less probably 9, 10, 9, 10 related to your training. And then once you get past that point, usually that will resolve itself. Yeah. Have you have you changed? Have you trained? Uh, changed? Are, are you running on the roads? Are you running on trail? Uh, are you running on the track? That also makes a difference. The the surface that you're running on. I know. Um, that's why I try to try to switch up and uh, what I'm running on um, because running on running on the uh, on the roads constantly on that tarmac that pounding. Um, it's very easy to develop shin splints, that, that tenderness in that front part of, of your leg. Uh, and that's just, that's just um, it, it's a, a common ailment for, for a lot of runners, um, especially if you're just running on, on asphalt, you're running on concrete quite a bit, that pounding, it just irritates <laughs> um, that, uh, that area right there. Um, and stretching is really good for that area. Yes. It, it hurts good. That, it hurts good. Yeah. Like, what, what kind of, because I do the general, like, you know, hamstring stretches and quad stretches, but, like, for, like, the plantar fasciitis in your feet, like, what kind of stretches should you be doing for, for your... Anytime you're doing lower, meaning knee and beyond, when you're doing, like, Achilles tendon and the plantar fascia stuff, you always want to make sure that your knee is always kept straight at the same time. Because once you bend your knee, you then take out those, those the back muscles and you'll get no stretch. So you're looking at, you know, sitting on the ground, leaning over, touching your toes, but keeping your knee uh, straight. You can, you know, against the wall stretches the same way if you're standing up. Um, taking your, your foot on a, a lot of these things I'm saying it's hard to, for me to verbalize if, if you see the pictures. So if you Google, you know, um, Achilles tendon and plantar fasciitis stretches, they're easier to see the pictures. But if you take, um, if you're on a step, if you have any steps in your house and you take, um, you drop down on the step, 
but they have the ball of your foot on the step and you kind of go down like that. All those are great stretches for your plantar fascia and the Achilles tendon at the same time. Now, when you're, of course, now when you're dealing with your shin part, you're dealing more with pointing of the foot versus flexing. Flexing will work the back, pointing deals with the, the front part. Those are totally different kind of stretches. Um, so those are like range of motion type of stretches, things like that. Um, so, but yeah, so you have to, I mean, so to visually, you know, you have to look at um, the types of, of stretches you're doing too. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's okay. It's okay. So, uh, Christina, I know you were, um, Naja dropped off. <laughs> I know you were talking about your change in shoes. Oh, there she is. So, Sorry. Jaja, you mentioned that you had toenails coming off. Have you had any foot issues or is it just losing the toenails? Have you changed shoes? I know you have a knee, you're recovering, well, you have recovered from a knee um, issue. Um, does that have any impact on your on your feet and your shoes? Um, so I, just full disclosure, so I broke my knee and my thigh bone when I was 17. So I have a pin in my knee and a pole in my thigh. And um, I used to have issues with my thigh trying to compensate for my knee. And um, I realized that I had to do more stretching and I had to change my shoes. Mm -hmm. I do hookahs so that I can, um, so that it helps with the pounding. Um, and so as I was changing shoes, I would notice that I would lose a toenail. And that what you're saying seems like it makes sense because some type of change either I um, thought I was one shoe size and I didn't leave enough room in the toe box. So I'm thinking based on what you said that um, that's why I lost a toenail. Um, and I definitely had to stretch so that one leg wouldn't compensate for another. Um, and then Khadija, as you remember, if you remember, uh, I forget what Ironman race it was, but um, when I took my shoe off uh, after the 112 mile bike, I injured my foot. Yeah. I and I that. think that was, yeah, with the training, I was trying to compensate on one leg and one foot, which I probably didn't do. There was a lot of climbing that I did on that race that I didn't do in the training. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I got injured. So yeah. now I think when I look at courses and the shoes, like there's so much that went into that, that I think I train better with better tools. <clears throat> and then I got, you know, uh, power meter pedals so that I can figure out like what kind of power I'm using and compare it to the course that I'm training for. Okay. And I did add yoga. Too, so. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> okay. So we are Aaliyah. I need you to turn it down just a little bit, baby. So we are about 40 minutes in, and um, I wanted to give everybody a chance to talk about their different specific shoes. So as I said before, I was I used Adidas for th almost three years now. Uh, the main reason that I started running with Adidas was um, I thought they were going to be doing hijabs, um, but along the way. I found a company called ASEA. Um, they're run by three young Muslim women. Um, part of all the proceeds that they make from their hijabs, they donate to school districts that have Muslim girls on their team and they donate hijabs to them. Um, their slogan is play proud. And I fell in love with 
the organization and uh, Adidas has decided to start doing hijabs and I'm not interested. <laughs> so, um, and also the only shoe from Adidas that I could wear off the shelf were the Boston's. Still like them. I like the zero drop. I like the, the bounce. Um, but I'm just looking for, for something new. Um, I had a lot of custom shoes that were the other models, um, but I got them because they didn't fit me well. I started getting the custom shoes after I had my injury. And um, Dr. Smith is like, you need a wider toe box. You need something more of a mesh or something more flexible at the top. So I wasn't getting custom shoes with my name on them because I was vain. I was getting them because I had to. I had to. So um, I'm looking at different shoes. The first shoe that I have looked at is the Hoka. Um, they were great going downhill. Um, they were great after a 100-mile ride because they were just really soft and I wasn't going that fast. So they kind of took that little, I don't know, when I run slow, I kind of feel like almost it's more pressure than running fast because my ground contact is so long. So I think I would use these for a walking shoe or something on a very slow day when I'm just doing an easy run. But um, I'm never going to try to go. So I'm going to have another young child run past me in underwear. That's, <laughs> that's her twin brother. Um, <laughs> so um, they're a little bit too mushy for me. Um, I can't get... <laughs> Just say hello. Just say hello. I'm having a webinar. All right, let's go sit down. Thank you. <laughs> um, can you do me a favor, Khadija? Can you bend that shoe for me? Yeah. Okay. And it only bends at the mid right there, correct? Yeah. And that's one of the things I always tell patients when I'm looking at a shoe. I said, when you're in the store and take the shoe, bend the shoe. They may look at you while you're great. Bend the shoe. Okay. That shoe should not bend totally in half because okay. obviously you know, and that may be saying something very generic for people that may be watching this, but some people don't realize that. If that shoe's been completely in half, mm -hmm. that is a very flexible shoe. That may not be the type of shoe that you need if you're having issues with your feet because there's no support, there's no flexibility. When, you, when you're running, the, the, the amount of gravity that is going through your foot mm -hmm. all the way up through your body is, is very, very great. And so you got yeah. to watch the type of shoe. And exactly. And this was my favorite shoe before I got injured. And I because it was super bouncy, but yeah. That is the worst shoe on earth yeah. that you could be wearing. Because there you have no support whatsoever in that type of shoe. But that so I'm glad you had a, a a shoe to show because there should be flexibility right at the ball um, where, where you're bending and that's yeah. exactly what we look at for, for shoes and see this this the Boston it's it has that support that it should have and it's a very it's a very bouncy kind mm. of shoe I can do um, anything from a marathon to speed work in these they're not super great for speed work but you know I can you know turn it up turn up the notch a little bit um, in the, I can't, I can't turn up the notch at all in these. You don't want it too stiff, um, where it doesn't bend at all. You don't want it too flexible. You want to have the, that good amount of, of flexibility, um, that you showed there uh, and a good wide toe box. Yes. And that, and that's one of the things I'm looking at. So, um, I have, uh, some on running shoes coming and, um, I 
my nutrition sponsor, we get discounts on uh, 361 shoes. Um, I'm not very familiar with 361. I know they're popular in South Africa and in Australia. Um, yes. So um, I, I don't really know anything um, about those. I know, Jaja, you wear hokas. You do wear hokas. And you said you yeah. like the cushion in those. Yeah. They have a very thick sole looking at what I see. Yeah. From there. Very, very, and yeah. this part almost feels mushy for me. And maybe that's why. When I run on my toes, it feels fine. But if I try to, you know, yeah, if I come down, my problem is I run, I run, I run long distance like a sprinter, just going slow for a really long time. So if I stay on my toes, it's no problem. But after a while, you start getting that just burning just below your rear end at about mile ten. And when I drop down, that mushiness, I just don't, I don't like it at all. Which model is that, Kadesha? This is the Clifton Five. Okay. Yep, yeah. that's the one I had. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do do those come in? Um, do you find that those kind of running shoes come in different widths, or they pretty much only come in half sizes and things like that? The only shoes that I found that come in widths are the New Balance. I can't think of wow. any other. Um, wow. Brooks come in widths. Um, and I don't know, Brooks, I, Brooks, um, I don't know if you guys think of ASICs at all, but ASICs, um, because sometimes when you're dealing with certain foot issues, um, the length sometimes may not work out. So I would tell people go ahead, you know, do the width because the width can also, um, that's why I like New Balance. Again, like I said before, I'm not a runner, but when I'm dealing I, I, that's why I always say, you know, Brooks and um, New Balance because it's very easy to find the width. And then when you have to use the insert in the shoe, you take the insert out, uh, the insert that the, the comes with the shoe, you take it out, put your custom insert in, and it gives you more room. Yeah. You know, so have, these are from the Force My, okay. you can see right here, the Force My Toes display a little bit more. And these are the, yeah, the these are the yeah, inserts the that Regina pad. designed for me. Yes, I love those custom inserts. It has that metal tarsal pad right there. Mm -hmm. Great for an aromas because it helps to splay out the, the heads and the tarsals. It helps with communication. Um, and I, I didn't really think the particular shoes that she had because they were just too narrow. Certain brands inherently are just more narrow uh, mm -hmm. than other brands. Yeah, the Bondi, um, I had to go find my shoe, but this is a wide shoe. Mm -hmm. um, not, But not all of the, because the one I had previously didn't come in a wide. Okay. okay. So I had to switch, and I think that's why I was getting a blister on the mm -hmm. both right sides of my toes. The, uh, on the baby down. toe? Huh? On the, the baby toe or the big toe? The baby toe. Yeah. What's the most common? Um, it's because the shoe wasn't wide enough. I can exactly. see it coming over, and so I look for a wide, and I've used these for all season. So I haven't had a blister all season. Yeah. Sometimes, season. you know, that's, that can be the easiest fix sometimes is, you know, the width. So I know that Bruce is sponsored by Skechers, and yes. he, he gave me the same response that he said i gave him the same response that he said he said had when somebody mentioned sketchers i was like what yeah you know? um, come a long way i will give sketches yeah. that they have come a long way and meb is sponsored by one of the greatest 
marathoners of all time, Meb Kofleski. He's sponsored yeah. by Skechers. So I, I want to give Bruce a chance to share what he, information he's got about Skechers. Well, um, thank you. I've, I've run in probably every shoe brand over the last 50 years. And um, okay, I, down, I happened upon Skechers uh, five years ago when I was looking for a new shoe. I was... Um, getting ready to really start training uh, again, up the mileage, getting ready for some races. And I was looking for a new shoe. And um, I, I ran, I actually was sponsored by the Swoosh many years ago, <laughs> by Nike. Um, I, have a narrow, I have a very narrow foot, but over the years it actually, as I've gotten older, uh, my, my foot has actually widened a little bit. So Nikes just became very uncomfortable. I didn't like um, the feel of them any longer. Um, and was, they, were, they were just not comfortable for what I was doing. Uh, so I was just on a, on a search for, for a new shoe to wear. And I happened by chance upon, upon Skechers. And this was when they were, um, uh, Meb had been, been uh, had been running for them for, for a while. They did some shoes for him. He won, of course, won a marathon, has uh, made the Olympic team in, in them for a number of years. And uh, just by chance, tried them on. And it was literally the first shoe out of the box I was able to put on my foot and didn't need to, you know, break it in after, you know, one or two or three good runs just for it to be comfortable. They were um, extremely comfortable right out, right out of the box. Um, I, I used to be more of a, a, a neutral barefoot runner, uh, but now because of the number of miles I'm putting in, I, I need a little little extra padding, a little extra comfort in the, in the shoe. And Skechers have really come a long way in, in developing. They, they started out as just a casual um, comfort shoe just uh, for uh, walking around. You know, you're going on vacation and you need some, some comfortable shoes to walk in. You don't want to wear running shoes. Uh, that was kind of their, their start. And you know, they kind of up their game. They, they actually, um, some of the engineers for Nike and Adidas, they kind of wooed them away and actually brought them in. And they have been helping them develop, develop their shoes. And they actually have a, a great line of shoe uh, now. Uh, I've tried the Hocus before. To me, it's like running on pillows, running on marshmallows. They're just not responsive enough for me. Um, I, I'm not a heel striker. I'm a midfoot to ball of my foot runner. Yes, uh, have been all my life, and I need a shoe that's a little bit more responsive. Um, to me, a shoe that has a a, a, a lot of padding, like the Hocus, um, I start getting leg fatigue because they are so soft, and you just kind of bog down and and. Uh, I, it's just not not responsive for for my my gait and my turnover when I'm when I'm when I'm running, uh, training or even when I'm racing. Um, the the shoe that I've been training in now is uh, it's called the the Gold Run Six. 
Um, actually, they uh, next month <laughs> they're already coming out with the Go Run Seven, so I'm waiting waiting for for that. But it has tremendous amount of flex, uh, which I like. It has um, a a, a uh, it's kind of a mesh upper that's very very stretchable. So if you need a wider toe box, you need that uh, that comfort. It's it's a little bit wider through there. Um, and with the with the, the material, it's breathable, good airflow coming through it, and it has enough good support uh, through the heel, through the ball of the foot that uh, they're very comfortable. Um, I probably have four or five hundred kilometers on on this particular shoe right now, and uh, some math. It's, uh, <laughs> Um, don't ignore please ignore me <laughs> no worries i i have to do the same thing you know <laughs> everything everything here is everybody is talking about oh yeah i'm, uh, I'm gonna run a marathon i'm running 40 42 kilometers i'm like okay 26.2 miles okay uh so i have to i have to do the conversion also for for uh, for people here but i've just found that sketches is a is a great brand They're, uh really have made a lot of changes. They actually have a lot of uh, triathletes that they sponsor now all over the world. Uh, Chile, South, um, in South America, in, uh, in Europe, um, here in the, in the Middle East and, and Asia, they're extremely uh, competitive brand. Um, and now they're getting into the, the African market. So probably in, the, in a few years, you may see some more top runners uh, coming out of Africa, uh, the Kenyans and, and the uh, Ethiopians who are killing it on the, uh, on the marathon circuit and on the half marathon circuit. You may see them wearing, wearing some sketchers here, racing in them, but uh, I've just found it to be a, a, an excellent, excellent shoe <coughs> uh, so far. Um, it's got a lot of support to it. Um, their uh, midsole, they've made some advancements with that. Some, they're using some, some memory foams that are uh, extremely light, um, very responsive. And uh, like I said, okay. Uh oh, he's coming from Dubai, so there's, there's a chance we could lose him. So, Legenia. No, we're not asking for an endorsement, but what kind of shoes do you wear? <laughs> new Balance. Okay. We <laughs> got All two right. new pairs. And um, my latest pair, though, I actually do have my latest pair. It's actually a Brooks. Um, because, um, and I thought that I always would do a New Balance until I cheated on New Balance with the Brooks. And I was like, ooh, this is nice. <laughs> I have bad feet, so I'm very particular about my shoes. But again, you know, I'm a little bit different because I'm using it for my everyday use of walking, but it's more or less for comfort for me. Um, I do not have um, wide feet, but I prefer to have nothing touching my toes. I like the mesh. I like the feeling. I like the comfort. Um, it's not too stiff, stiff. It's not too soft. That's my personal opinion. But again, I'm not a runner. So runners have a different look on things. So that's my opinion on that. So Tracy, what, what kind of shoe are you running in right now? And are you looking to change or are you just looking to maybe get a different size? I wonder if Bruce is going to be able to get back on. It's, like I said, he's in Dubai, so there's no telling. Um, I wear, I wear the, 
Brooke shoe, but I'm thinking about switching. I like the Brooks. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so I don't I don't know if I just need I I just want to try a different style because I really do like the way it feels on my foot. Okay. But um I've been using I've been wearing books for my jazzercise and you know that's all that high impact everything. So I like the support it gives. But I think I want something um I don't know if I still need it so built up for running, so I'm on the hunt. <laughs> Now you're here in Atlanta. Are you here in Atlanta? Huh? Are you here in Atlanta? No, I'm in uh, Michigan. So, Dr. Smith, I have a question for you. Are you in Atlanta, first off? Yeah. You are. Okay. So, that's good to know. Uh, my second question, actually, I probably have multiple questions. Uh, what we were talking about earlier is the, the different shoes that I've been through and you know, having a good analysis and being told that I have a neutral foot and then going into the Hoka Bondi and then developing um, tendonitis in my posterior tibialis there and then going into the Conquest, which was more stability. Um, but, you know, going into the Clifton, which I liked walking around, but once the mileage increased, then I started developing the, um, the tibial pain in both shins. Um, and I've noticed that, you know, I've tried the Hoka Arahi, I've tried the Stenson, I've tried more of the support shoes. And if they have those harder support bottoms, if it puts pressure on the bottom of my foot, it will make my toes go numb. Mm. What is, what is that? So I, I mean, I'm currently, I'm basically using the Mizuno um, Wave Sky and it seems to be okay. I had to pull the sock liner out of that because initially that was starting to make me go numb as well, but I went ahead and put my inserts in instead to support the arch, but the arch, but I also found that the um, insert was thinner than the sock liner. So I think that just opened up a little bit of space in the toe box, but I don't really have a wide foot. Um, so I'm, I'm not really sure what's going on, where my hangup is, to be honest. Well, you're saying my, my, I was just saying my feet don't hurt, you know, they'll go numb, but the pain that I'm having is, is tibial. So. so if you have posterior tibial pain, you said that's the inside of the ankle. Um, so, but they're saying you have a neutral foot. That's so, what I'm told. So usually when you're dealing with posterior tibial pain, we see that more in patients that pronate, though. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Because if you have a neutral foot, that means you're not you're not um, your the tendons and muscles aren't being pulled on either side. So something is not working just right. If you if you're having posterior tibial pain, that means you obviously do not have a neutral foot. In 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 my eyes, as a foot doctor. So in that case, then I would look at your foot type. You standing because I've I've seen um, I had a runner before come to me and they said, well, I went to the the running store and they said that. Um, I don't know, I can't remember, they said they pronate or supinate or something. I'm like, mm, no. <laughs> so, totally opposite of what they thought they had. So, so does um, everybody know what the difference between the supinate, pronate? And, because I, I'm asking not to nope. be but I didn't. Because I think LaGenia asked me, did I supinate? And I was like, no, I don't have any of that. I don't have anus and hammer toes. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so when we're talking about now everything has to deal with the rear foot because the the function and motion of your foot comes from the rear foot which is the heel 
So anything that goes on with the front of the foot, we really don't care, really. The, so, um, so we're looking at the back of the foot, so we're actually looking at your heel. So when we're looking at somebody's foot, we, we like to look at the position of your heel. So we actually look at you from the back a lot of the time. So if you're looking at your heel and we're looking from the back, I'm kind of, I guess, if you pretend like this. So if I'm looking, so if this is the front part of your foot, and you're like this, okay? We call this supination. Mm -hmm. Okay, that means you're outside. So if you ever see a person walking in heels and they're like this and they're about to fall over, that's supination. We see that mostly in high arch people. So they have a tendency to have a lot of ankle sprains, things like that. We have lateral, lateral ankle pain or outside of the ankle pain. Um, so uh, you'll see a lot of wear and tear on the outside um, corner of the shoes. Okay, so if you, and this, so again, this is my right hand. So now this, on the other hand, if I'm tilted this way, this is pronation. I know I'm boring you there, Khadija. Don't yawn at me. I've been up since four. I'm tired. <laughs> so when you go more on the inside, we're dealing with the medial ankle or the inside of the ankle. Um, so we're dealing, um, so you'll see people that kind of tilt over on their shoes. So if you see your shoes, you're taking shoes, put them on the table. See which way your, your shoes tilt. That will also tell you the wear pattern also. Not on a new pair of shoes, obviously. You're not going to move right. Take an old pair of shoes. See which way you're tilting. This way or this way. But anyone that's complaining of medial ankle pain, I rarely see that in a supinator. I will see it in, you know, I mean, in a, you know, yeah, in supinator, I see it in pronator, okay? If you're neutral, you'll be like this, so nothing is moving, okay? Mm -hmm. So medial, so posterior tibial pain, I, like I said, something else is going on. Now, when people complain about numbness in their toes, um, when they're wearing shoes, then I look at what could be irritating it. Where, the, where do the, the nerves come from that go to the toes mostly? Are usually on top of the foot. So then again, I'm looking at the function of what does your foot look like? Then I also, again, look at the shoes. You know how many people I see choke up on their shoes? What happens if you choke up on your shoes? Kind of like if you're, you get something called, um, it's called nepraxia. But have you ever crossed your, your, your legs long enough that all of a sudden you get the tingling? What so is what choke up on your shoes? I don't know what that is. You, you choose, choke up on the shoelaces. When you, you tie oh, your pull them tight. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You're choking them on your shoelaces. Well, I've seen people actually pull too tight on the shoelaces because they're trying to get a good fix down with their shoes to come off, for example. And they will actually cut the circulation off to, their, to the nerves and you'll get numbness in your toes. And they're not understanding, well, why am I getting numbness only when I'm wearing my shoes? Is a lot of times they're irritating the nerves on the top of their feet, and there's actually the body telling them, "Hey, something is going on. Let you know, you know, you need to free me." And then when they took off their shoes, the blood flow returns. The pain's not there. So usually numbness in somebody that's not a diabetic, no other issues, but it only happens when they're wearing shoes. Is there's an external force that's affecting it. So then in that course, we have to figure out what is the problem that's affecting numbness in the toes. And that makes sense because if I don't put my inserts in, I do feel like if this is my foot, the inside, it will, it's, I feel like I'm rolling in um, mm -hmm. if I don't have my insert. So that does make sense. And the numbness I've found has only been in a highly supportive shoe. That's probably more for pronators, to be honest, because I'll feel that I, it's not, a, it's not called a beam, but it feels like a support beam under the shoe on the outside of the shoe. And if I have that pressure, then that causes that, that numbness for me. Because if you, yeah, because if you're if you are a pronator and you're there's something that's pushing up against the arch too much and it's irritating you, your body's going to respond by saying, "Hey, I don't like it." Our body, the thing is, we're not listening to our body. Sometimes our feet are very smart, 
it's like if some if our feet don't like something, it's going to tell you. But the thing is, are we listening to it? But a lot of times we think, oh no, it's not. I'm gonna keep on doing whatever. But if you get it every single time you do something, that is a sign saying I don't like it. So it so and I have really bad feet. That's why I became a foot doctor. I had flat foot surgery, and I do not do well with inserts in my shoes at all. As soon as I put an insert in my shoe. I, I, I'm very uncomfortable. And so certain feet don't do very well with rigid insoles or rigid shoes. They need more of a flight. So we do have certain um, inserts for people like that. We have flexible, more flexible. We have semi-flexible, flexible, and rigid. So sometimes rigid inserts aren't meant for people with uh, certain flat feet. I, can, I cannot do those. So that, that could be the, uh, the possible thing. So I don't think you're a, I don't think you're a neutral foot so it, from the sound of it. After having issues, the two shoes I had, like the two major ones that had issues were both neutral plus shoes. I agree with you completely. They were yeah. fine for walking around. They were fine for short mileage. But the moment I bumped up and did so, you know, progressively, not all at one time, that's when I started having issues. So I agree with you. Mm -hmm. yep. So we, you. Are, we are coming up on an hour. I guess it was kind of good. We just had a, a, the smaller group and everybody else can catch the video. But um, okay. thank you, Virginia. I appreciate it. You always you. step yes, up when I ask you to yes, very much. do something. Um, thank you. I hope this was helpful. Um, very. <laughs> definitely. Um, Same. It definitely helped me. And um, Hi. Hi. <laughs> And I hope I hope I hope you're successful with your Mizuno. Hi. Um, Tracy, both of us need to work on our shoe selection. Yeah. Because uh, I my A race is coming up in July, and then um, I'll be going back to Arizona to get that 12 hours, Jaja. <laughs> I was so annoyed I didn't get. I was just too tired. I ran out of gas. Um, you, need to, you, need to, you need to try a pair of Skechers. <laughs> Uh, they have uh, they have uh, Skechers has a new um, a, a new shoe that you you might you might enjoy that's okay. uh, that's out now it's um, the hyper the hyper um, I'm, I'm waiting for for mine to uh, to get here but uh, okay. I'm, I'm excited about it it's it's probably similar to the Adidas that you enjoy wearing okay. over there Okay. similar similar to that so okay just take a look at it okay as an option as an option <laughs> yeah and i appreciate you get he's in dubai so he's like what you're six or seven hours away off of yeah, us it's, it's, yeah it's, it's four in the morning i got yeah. up, i got up at, at two thirty, and I, <laughs> I actually went to i laid down at uh, probably a little after midnight so uh, and yeah. then I'm gonna I'm gonna be getting up here. I do some tutoring online in the morning, at, starting at about seven. So uh, I'll be be up here very very soon. So uh, I'll, my first students will be calling you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So Tracy, Tracy, and I have our mentee session tomorrow. So we'll we'll talk a little bit about shoes. And Jaja, thank you for supporting as usual. She is one of my FTC teammates as well. She's the food prep extraordinaire. 
<laughs> and, um, I met Christina by, um, she's doing, uh, I guess it's a weekend expo for women yeah. in triathlon. And she asked me to come down and take part. And I'm excited about that. So I'll get to meet you in person for the first time in a couple of weeks. weeks. Absolutely. Yeah. We're looking forward to it for sure. So awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll have to get you all, all you triathletes, I'll have to get you to Dubai next year for the 70.3 here in Dubai. It's a, it's a wonderful, uh, wonderful event. It's, it's huge. And uh, yeah, I can attest to that. It was magnificent. There were, there were chandeliers in the transition area. Oh, they were sweeping as we were they were sweeping to keep everything clean as we went through transition and i said to one of the guys as a joke he didn't think it was funny i said you know we all peed on the bike right and he just looked at me like oh dear yeah we all peed on the bike right that's funny Maybe maybe at a later date I will uh, share some information about it with you all. So Excellent. I'm I'm trying to trying to put put together a a, a runcation for okay. uh, people to come to Dubai. So we'll, we'll talk about that at another time. I'll definitely post it. But thank you everybody. Um, and like I did with the last seminar, I'm gonna put it out as audio on Anchor as a podcast. If you want to listen back to some of what we talked about. Um, and the video will be out there um, on YouTube. I took a few notes and things that I thought were highlights, I'll put um, on the Facebook posting where I share the links to the podcast and the YouTube, and feel free to add any comments that you uh, may have missed. And I'll also put um, the genius information out there. She's with Village Podiatry. She's a certified um, licensed podiatrist. Okay. All right. So happy training, everyone, and have a good night. Thank or you. good morning, I should say. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Right. Good night. Bye. 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 Okay. Bye.